Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It's almost here. The national hunt season is very, very, very close. Chepstow this weekend, the first good meeting of the year, one of my favourite meetings of the entire season, because what it means is that the slow horses are back, the heavy ground is back, the free runner novice chasers are back. It's the stuff we live for, isn't it, Jim Watson? Correct. Well, basically, we saw... Uh, heavy ground bumpers at, at Paris Longchamp last weekend, didn't we? Really? So there's there's not much change, if I'm being brutally honest, other than fences and uh, hurdles. No, you're not too far wrong there, pal. You're not too far wrong. Obviously, it's the fifth year now of doing of doing turf talk and starting out with a season preview, which is absolutely insane. So thank you to everyone who's kind of who's kind of backed us and helped us get get this far. It, it is mental, and we are gonna mix it up a little bit this year. Rather than focus on a little bit of a generic season preview as we have done before and talk about the the main divisions and the horses that excite us in each, we're going to do away with that pretty much because really we can't say too much interested. It's an absolute waste of everyone's time to listen to myself and Jim say, well, Constitution Hill's quite good, and to say, well, I can't wait to see Aplutate on Galapanda Champ. Uh, because everyone knows that and everyone's going to think it. So what we're going to do is put a fair bit more emphasis on the Turf Talk 12 this season. It's just mine and James's decision. We've kicked everyone else out of the club and we've brought it back to basics. We've come up with a list of 12 horses between the pair of us who we think uh, will be worth keeping on side this year. So hopefully we find a couple of under-the-radar gems, a couple of horses you'll you'll mainly be familiar with as well, but these are all animals we're, we're pretty keen to keep on the right side of, at least at the first part of this season. And then we might have a little bit of a more boring chat about who might win the Gold Cup uh, towards the end. I'm sure Racing Twitter will be angry at us for that. Uh, Jim, do you want to kick us off with a Turf Talk 12 then, pal? Like, you've said, we've, we've, like I've said, we've got We've narrowed it down to 12. We had, we had a much longer list and we might end up talk, uh, talking, touching on a few of them towards the end as well. But uh, the first member of the Turf Talk 12 for this season, Jim, is a horse you are a big fan of in Classic Anthem. Yes, who'd have guessed that to kickstart the season uh, and, and the first podcast that we'll be kicking off with a colleague, uh, a Joe Tizard trained horse, nearly slips up there, um, who was bought at the entry sale last year. Uh, after winning his point-to-point very impressively at Monk's Grange, uh, he was the only finisher in the end. The only other rival fell uh, towards the last, but he took took it up uh, with three to go, and he pulled clear of his rivals, jumping them into submission. A slight error at the last. You can go and watch that on the Goffs page. Uh, a very impressive performance. Proper, typical Joe Tizard style of horse. Big stamp. He's grown into his frame from a three-year-old into a four-year-old. I saw a nice schooling video of him a few weeks ago. Absolutely pinging over hurdles. Uh, he's from the family of Snitton Lane, which for older listeners will probably remember him. He won a Pendle, a grand annual, uh, and he was second in the game spirit. Uh, so along that line of family, uh, I was just watching that point to point back again. I've watched it about three times. Uh, he just looks like the classic three-mile chaser that you'll be seeing in, in a few years. Uh, he went into training with Joe after he was purchased at Aintree, uh, did a nice little bit of work. Then he was turned out for the summer and he's really come into his court this year. Uh, and hopefully 
he's going to be stamping his authority in the Norris Hurdle division this year. Uh, who'd have guessed in the colours of uh, Taylor and O'Dwyer? And hopefully he's, he's a little bit of a lost 2.0. Oh, something's never changed, do they? No. Water's <laughs> wet. The kickstart so, the season. Something's never changed. Something's never changed. And it's taken us about four four minutes to the first podcast for Watson to get back onto his nonsense. Uh, but do you know what, Jim? I, I like this because it's such a bold shout. This is a horse who is unraced under rules. Correct. Classic anthem. They say one, one as you said, won a point in March. Uh, racing in the colours of of your mates. Uh, I mean, it's it's a. I guess it's a bit of a tough one. He, he was a, he was trained and ridden by Rob James. Uh, for his point, who obviously you know is a Cheltenham Festival winning rider. Look, I, I can't really add, add any further analysis of this horse because I know absolutely nothing about him other than other than what I've. What We're I've starting heard. the season shrewd. We've got our our shrewd coats on, uh, little top hat to put on our head, and we're. <laughs> We're not going to go, oh, my horse to follow this year's Honeysuckle, because no one cares, because everyone knows Honeysuckle's good. We're, we're, we're going to pitch you in early with some nice unknown ones, hopefully. Uh, do you know who sires the horse, Jim? Yeah, Affinsey. Affinsey. Yep. That's not a, not, not a, a, a bad pedigree. He's a see the stars, isn't he? He was. Yeah, so it's a... It's it's a it's a really really interesting shout. That he makes. was a half brother to Soldier of Fortune, I think, as well, uh, who won the Irish Derby. Yeah, and he's he's a fairly decent national hunt stallion himself. To be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, look, mate, it, it, it's it's a fascinating shout. We'll start start the season big and bold with a horse. I guess barely any of us will have ever seen, but. But you sound confident, and would uh, judging from what you know about him, you'd expect it to kind of be uh, mid-range novice hurdles, would it be? Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine two mile four, um, maybe starting off in a two mile. You can imagine them them tracks such as uh, Wincanton, Taunton, Exeter, uh, probably around there. Wouldn't be surprised to, to kickstart his season. So that's classic. Anthem, the first member of the Turf Talk 12 for 2022-23, trained by Joe Tizard in the colours of Taylor and O'Dwyer. Who would have guessed that? Uh, a horse we both like, Jim, and we're both quite keen to put on the list here, is another uh, horse we expect to see in novice hurdles this season. Running two bumpers at the back end of last year for John Quinn. Uh, his name is Imperial Merlin as you'd expect, owned by Imperial Racing. Uh, Runner-up at Weatherby before winning winning at Sedgefield at very, very, very short odds. He's from a, a really good National Hunt family, son of Kalanisi, uh, half-brother to Secret Investor. And you get some really, really poor Northern novice hurdles, and it's not... A, too rare that horses can just go and absolutely farm them really without having to, without ever really having to bump into a a decent rival for a while you know what was that McCain horse last season who just won fruit and nut sorry fruit and nut uh no i'm i'm thinking of a 
Oh, it was Manella Trump I was thinking of, even though he was over fences. But you get novice novice events like that, I guess, over hurdles as well, when they can just go and, you know, a horse who is much better than everything else, several runs in a row. Uh, and I, I, I can see him kind of being that sort of type, and it wouldn't shock me if come January, February, people were kind of had half an eye on him for Cheltenham. Yeah, I really wouldn't be surprised either. Um, I, I feel like he could possibly go into a Betfair hurdle style of horse. You know, the, the, the sexy novice who could sneak in off a, off a nice weight. Um, like Lewis said, I, I can't really add a lot more. We were very close. We both loved the horse a lot. Um, and he's second at Weatherby. I, I think the winner of that was well touted uh, to win the race. And he wasn't too far behind him that day. And then he went and did the business next time and I think there, there there could be a lot more from a trainer who's had a terrific season on the flat uh, and dual purpose he's equally as good. And I think, like Lewis said, you can get a nice sequence of novice victories up around the northern tracks and hopefully can strike it lucky in, in bigger races, possibly a, a nice handicap or maybe even turn into a graded hurdle. Yeah, the horse who, uh, who beat him at Weatherby is called Chasing Fire. He runs in other the Waitley colours for for Ollie Murphy. He's he's an exceptionally bred bred type and is uh was very well supported on debut as well. He's he's probably going to be good. But for kind of knocking up a sequence like we've said, we kind of like the idea of Imperial Merlin winning several times throughout the year and the sort of horse who might you know go on to compete in some of the weaker northern novice uh, graded novice hurdles at the at the kind of turn of the year, January, February, and, you know, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if come Cheltenham people kind of had him in mind as a little bit of a a wise guy horse. You know, don't get me wrong, it'd take a lot for him to to go and reach that level. He'd, he'd have to step forward with quite a fair amount. Yeah, the, the race that I'm thinking in my head, is it the Kelso grade two, like a week before Cheltenham or something yeah. like that? Over I wouldn't be surprised if he was targeted that and then misses Cheltenham, for example, and goes to Aintree. That that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, you see, I, I kind of had in mind, you know, the sort of horse who might go and win a Rossington main, and then come two weeks before Cheltenham, people are going, well, Imperial Merlin's beaten nothing, but don't forget about him, you know what I mean? He's yeah. very good. And <laughs> that, that sort of horse tends to finish about 7th or 8th in a Supreme. Mm. But, I think he's going to have a productive year. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, same here. Yeah, so he he's another novice hurdler we're very keen on. Imperial Merlin for John Quinn. Obviously an absolutely top trainer who's worked wonders as well this year on the flat with Highfield Princess. But we hope he's got a decent hurdler there. Another one you'd like to include, Jim, is a mare of Harry Fry's Fairy Gem. Yes, this daughter of Shantu. Uh, out of Mystic Mazia, a, a sister to Angel's Breath and out of this world, um, was, be, was running in bumpers last season, uh, had three of them, one on debut at Plumpton in December, finished second at Cheltenham in, uh, in the Allen Swimbank listed uh, bumper behind Vullenbeg, was second beating a, a fair distance in the end and was third in the Mayor's listed bumper at Sandown as well behind Lucia. Um, and I feel like this season over hurdles, there could be races to be won with her. Um, 
she's always give me the opinion that she wants to step up in trip on on debut i thought it was down to greenness but watching it watching it back the the finish at plumpton it was two mile and one stiffish finish at plumpton and she just carried on galloping straight up to the line and i think a step up to possibly three miles this season uh will see her into better effect um i know off the top of my head angel's breath wasn't it was wasn't bad over two mile five, but maybe maybe this one could be an exception. Maybe over three miles. Um, I've I, I was really impressed with her attitude last year. She stuck to it under pressure. She took a bit of niggling over two miles, and this season I think could see the better of her. She's got a few entries in the upcoming days, including one at Chepstow over two mile three, and I think there could be a little bit more to come from from this Harry Frychain mare. And hopefully she she takes the hurdles as she did over uh, in bumpers because two listed performance and placed in both of them. I think that could possibly bring her a little bit more out. Is it the that I don't want to insult it like this, but that sand down grade two for mares is it over three is it over three miles? Uh, did did Love Envoy win it last year? Are you thinking of the Jane Seymour? It could be that. Yeah, Love Envoy won. I think won the race last year and then went on to to greater success everywhere else. I wouldn't be surprised if, if she's given that sort of tactic. Um, Harry Fry and the owners, I, I think, owned out of this world, uh, who is the full sister, and he'll know the family fairly well because of that. And I think he could kick on a little bit more this season. Uh, she could kick on a little bit more this season. And, uh, over hurdles and a, and a step up in trip could see a little bit more progression squeezed out of her. Yeah. I like that as a shout, Jim. Obviously, as as we saw last season, as you as you mentioned, Love Envoy Harry Fry, you know, can do really really well with these mares and obviously hurdles. It's two and a, two and a half miles is is that Sandown race, but as you said, that's normally the worst grade two of the season. Uh, I can't believe I'm sort of targeting a horse for the worst grade two of the season, and we're only fifteen minutes in, and, and every year we slag it off. No, but look, mate. If we only spoke about Cheltenham, we'd get slagged off even more. So I'm I'm glad. I love that we're targeting targeting horses at the Jane Seymour novices. <laughs> Who'd have guessed? Unbelievable tackle. That's a race planning. Head on then, Jim. And look, obviously, it, it was a bit of a turn up for the books uh, last year that Love Envoy was able to able to get the better of the Irish and in fact lead home a British one-two in the in the dawn run. Obviously, hurdle of course with a horse with no name chasing chasing her home. Uh, do you think she could she can kind of rate that high and could could she be a threat for the best of the Irish? It, it'd be tricky to say at the moment because we haven't seen we don't know an awful lot about what other mares will, will be going that way. Willie Mullins has probably got something in his barn that we don't even know about. Um, but I don't think she'll be too far away of the English. Uh, mares hurdling this season I don't think she'll be too far away um, I mean Mullenbeg has come out since and been slightly disappointing over hurdles the other week at Market Raisin which would be a little bit negative but I, I mean she quite clearly bumped into possibly a very very nice horse uh, at Sundown and there was a fair weight difference that day because the Chia was only a, was a year younger so um, them, them Sandown, Sandown March to end of season races can throw up some surprise results due to bottomless ground. So, and I'd, I'd, she, she stayed on strongly and she got the better of Mullenbeg that day. So, 
the, the, I, I know that the Mullenbeg's taken a knock to the form already, but I, I think she's uh, she will be a decent standard setter uh, on where to stand uh, this season. So I, I don't think Fairy Gem will be too far away. I, I'm certainly expecting a bit of improvement for for Trip and going over a hurdle. No, that, that's a very very fair shout there. And as you mentioned, uh, Lucia, who won that. Uh... That Sandown listed bumper is actually the current anti-post favourite for the Mayor's Novice Hurdle. Uh, Latia but... was close to being on my list as well, but I thought she's not shrewd enough. <laughs> if they win races, mate, they'll do for me. If, if, I guess picking picking the winner of the Mayor's Novice this far in advance is, is about as shrewd as it gets, pal. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've got a horse that's won a point to point from me, and now I'm targeting Mayor's Novice Hurdles. It's like I've been hit on the head this season. What's going on? No, no, I, I was about to say where's Ariel Watson, but then I remembered you, you've put up a Tizard and oh, Dwight Horse. <laughs> so, uh, we know you've not got uh, lost your mind completely, pal. Uh, no, I like it, mate. I like it. I, I guess, look, that Lucille is probably going to be favourite for the Mayor's Novice Hurdle until Willie unleashes something. <laughs> like you said, but I think I think it's a very, very fair shout, and I do... I do like it. I'm going to talk about a novice chaser now. I, I assume he'll be novice chasing. Uh, and it's a horse of Anthony Honeyballs named Serious Chargers. Five-year-old soldier of Fortune Gelding. Uh, he landed a hat-trick last season. Won novice hurdles at Exeter and Fontwell before making a winning start in handicaps at Yatoxia. Really, really easily, to be fair. That... That wasn't the deepest of contests, I must admit. It was full of, I guess, fairly well-exposed, older, maybe slightly on the downgrade horses. The likes of Welsh Saint and Cateson uh, were in there, and he, he wanted them very, very easily. And then went off favourite for the listed uh, three-mile handicap at the Grand National meeting. Won by Party Business, who is a horse I've got so, so, so much time for. And again, I, I think if he hadn't have won that Aintree race, I'd have whacked him in this 12. But... <laughs> the shrewd I, hat came on and thought, no, we can't do this. No, you, you don't, you don't... Well, yeah, like, like I said, he's he's coming off the back of a, a win at a major festival. So I'd like to go a little bit further under the radar. And even though Serious Chargers went off favour for that, he, he finished sixth. Pro, pro, I, I guess some people might have seen it as disappointing, but it was his first run in a, in a properly competitive handicap. Still beat loads more than beat him. And he's, he's just going to be a better chaser. Very much that type on looks. He was runner-up in an Irish point. Uh, he'll go into handicaps. Well, if if they want to start him off in a handicap chase, he will be able to run from his hurdles mark, which is one three three, which I I, I think more than workable. Uh, he's a horse I liked last year. I thought for a horse who seemed to stay three miles well, he. Impressed me on the bridle and seemed to have a fair turn of foot when asked to go settle races. He, he seemed to do so easily enough. I think this is a horse with ability, mate, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he fares next season, even if they are 
stay over hurdles with me, I'm sure, more than sure he could win from one three three. But as a chaser, I think that's where I'd, I, he'd really excite me. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, Anthony Honeyball's got a good one. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm a I'm a fan of serious chads as well. Um, you'll hear me agree a lot with Lewis, and that's not just because he's picking them with me as well, but we we both agree that, that we think there's a nice race in serious charges. I think the ground possibly entry last year was a little bit too quick. I'd like to see him uh, on a softer surface. Um, that race at entry, that handicap, was a bit of a shambles, if I'm being honest, because uh, party business come towards the back. It went. Party business really never looked like winning, to be brutally honest. It was on and off the bridle, and, and, and serious charges was... A fair way back as well, and the and the pace sort of deteriorated on throughout the race, and maybe that caught him out slightly early in his career. Um, of course, he links with Scarface, <laughs> which uh, he'll obviously get a mention throughout this season. But he beat Scarface at Exeter. Uh, possibly could have been different if he'd have jumped the last. Um, but I, I do think Serious Charges, looking at, at the parade ring at Aintree, he, he was a big sort, and he'll, he'll certainly relish offence. I think in. Like Lewis said, a mark of one three three, I think, would slightly underestimate him a little bit. Yeah, and I think it's also worth noting that it absolutely screams of a of strong form that entry race. You got obviously party business won, and I know he was beaten at Haydock after, but still ran a good race uh, to be fourth there. Start prior to that, fifth in the Martin Pipe, runner up. I like the way you're thinking. It was sixth in the Martin Pipe. Mill Green third, third in the Potemps on his previous start. Beauport was fourth, who was a model of consistency last season and also won at Utoxia before he ran that entry. Fifth, Coeur who was eighth in the Potemps, which is, is, isn't a bad effort. So they were, you know, finishing behind five. I want to say experienced handicappers and all party business. Party business was a novice, but horses who has kind of been there and done it at the big festivals very recently, or in major handicaps like Beauport, uh, he has a different profile to that sort of animal, and I'd expect him to improve further over fences. Quite, quite a big fan of serious charges, so he's he's one I'm happy to have on board. One that you really like, Jim, and shock horror. It's another Joe Tizard horse. Is one I'm I, I can't say I was mega familiar with, but I'm sure you'll know more about him. He's called Could Talk About It. Yeah, he, he's only had the four starts. Uh, he had a promi- promising debut in a bumper. Obviously, the Tizard horse is never primed up to win bumpers, have he? Um, however, he improved with each start over hurdles. He was second to Dr. Parnassus, who showed a decent bit of form. Um, I mean, he was well beaten at Cheltenham in the in the Triumph Hurdle, and he was a, a well beaten eighth in, like I said, one of them Sundown late season races. Um, but he battled well to beat Amanon, um, given a, a a good held up ride. He made a slight error at the last, and he kept on well to to get the better of him that day. Um, this Cape Tower just screams uh, novice chases this season, and. Uh, off a mark of one, two, three, um, I think there's a, there's a lot of juice to be had with him. Um, stepping up to three miles, seeing a fence, the classic, I, I keep mentioning it, but the, the classic Tizard chaser, and, and I think that's what it'll be. Uh, he's got a big frame that he's, from what I've heard, filled in, uh, for, filled in to, 
And I I just think with a fence, he'll see a little bit more uh, progression. He could possibly start him in, in um, a novice handicap off that mark and see where he goes from there. And I think he'll just go from strength to strength this season. Um, we've, we've seen that he's a half-sister to Chuckers Highway, um, which um, he wasn't a too bad a horse off the top of my head. But I think there's a, a little bit more progression uh, to come out of this. Could talk about it. And I think that he could be rated a lot higher than one, two, three over uh, over fences than he was over hurdles. I like that as a shout, mate. Again, that's a little bit more of an under the radar uh, type animal horse who was kind of winning at Wincanton when everyone was thinking about Cheltenham in early March. Uh, he runs in the colours of, of J.P. Roman's uh, Elegant Escape, uh, the, the black and yellow. You'll be familiar with them. Like you said, only only four starts. Uh, I assume, mate, you kind of have him in mind as a as a three mile chaser, even though he ran over hurdles over shorter. Yeah, I've certainly got him down as that big frame, big bold jumper. Although he didn't necessarily respect his hurdles that much. Um, but hopefully over over fences he'll give a, a little bit more air to them and a, and a little bit more respect. Um, what sort of bracket do you see him achieving over fences as a sort of rating? Are we looking at, at a top-end handicapper? I, I think he could be going possibly top-end handicapper towards maybe even graded towards late season. There's still a lot of uh, potential to come from him. and I don't think we've seen the best of him yet, even though he has got his head in from... Um, in a race at Wincanton, I, I just feel like a little bit more uh, progression over fences, and, and he won't be. I, I, I'm expecting him to be rated possibly twenty pounds, fourteen, uh, sixteen pound higher uh, at the end of the season than he is currently now. I like that, mate. I like that. It's it's a really interesting shout. Could talk about it for shock horror, Joe Tizard. <laughs> One I, I'd quite like to put forward, and I know Jim Jim's a fan as well, and I, I think rather than any one of us being certainly overly strong on this horse, I think this was a little bit of a joint decision of us both uh, rather liking him and him kind of both, uh, being both our long lists that we were like, well, cross-referencing, we kind of have to, have to whack him in. It's uh, Dubrovnik Harry, uh, trained by Harry Fry. Another horse who was a novice hurdler last year, again, raced only four times, notched up one win at Exeter on New Year's Day in heavy ground. Uh, but what he did after that caught our eye. He was turned over at odds of freeze on at Leicester after his uh, Exeter success. That obviously went down as a as a massive disappointment beaten there by Anglers Crag, who was on, a, on uh, having his stable debut for David Pipe and then went and contested Grade 2 company. Obviously, wasn't quite up to that. But it wouldn't surprise me if, if he turned out to be a, a half-decent horse this year. Then they threw Dubrovnik Harry into the EBF final, where he finished third, chasing home complete unknown, who, who just looked really, really good. And he's, again, an, a, a horse I'd... I'd be very, very keen on going into this season, especially over fences. Uh, and Marble Sands, 
I think that represented a significant step forward for Dubrovnik Harry, and it just looked like the penny was dropping for him all the time, contesting a, a better race. Uh, you know, first time in a handicap, a, a bigger field, and he seemed to be learning on the job. And you know, the further the race went on, the more it looked like he was learning. And once he'd hit full stride. I thought there were clear signs of a horse with a serious amount of ability and one who, without a shadow of a doubt, should take to offence. Yeah, I agree. Um, although the pedigree doesn't have exactly scream stamina, um, the relatives were two-mile hurdler winners, two-mile three. Um, do you think maybe three miles could see a little bit more out of him? Yeah, it will. I, I, I think that's what he is, mate. I think he's a he's a... Uh, three-mile three chaser. Wouldn't surprise me if he even uh, stayed there. You know, even though I, I really liked what he did at uh, at Sandown, I don't think it illustrated a push-button turn of foot. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that in that Leicester race. I was watching that Leicester race back the other day, and he he, he made a few errors which didn't help, but he also looked just very one-paced. I know he was carrying the penalty against Angler Crag, but he just. Plodded and plodded and plodded up Leicester uh, in, in very, very soft ground. Uh, and he sort of plodded his way around Sandown as well. I know he was held up. If he was going to be campaigned over two mile far, I'd like to see him uh, pushed forward uh, rather than being held up this season. And uh, like Lewis said already, I was a fan of the horse. He, he bumped into Hermes Bayou, if you remember, a long way back last season. I thought it was one of the best well-handicapped horses in training. That turned out to be absolutely ludicrous. Um, however, that, that performance at Exeter was, was devastating and heavy going and, and proper stiff going, I think you'll really enjoy. And Whereabouts do you think he'll end up this season in the in novice chase division? Mark, a 1-2-7 over hurdles, what, where, you, where you aiming towards the end, Luke? Well, at least one forty. Yeah, I'm saying he he could be in the same bracket as could talk about it for me. And I think I think Costa Brovnik Harris starts off a reasonably not high, well yeah high-ish I guess one two seven is. Uh, he's sort of lost. It wouldn't even surprise me if he had a a winning a good handicap under his belt even before before March or April. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, it might not. It might only take him one or two starts to then go right. We'll go and, you know, run in a, you know, a grade three at Cheltenham. You know that they have it on a, you know, like on trials day or, or on New Year's Day, something like that. I, I think he's that that sort of horse. Uh, I think I know you said you don't think on pedigree that, that I guess he'd be a stamina, all stamina. But I I kind of think he is. <laughs> A little bit ploddy, but I like that about him. Obviously, Yates, aside, aside the most recent Grand National winner. Uh, but yeah, ev- every inch the sort of horse to make a better stay in chaser. Uh, we both like Dubrovnik Harry uh, for Harry Fry going into the 2022-23 uh, season. One that you proposed, Jim, and I'll let you take the lead on here. He's a horse by the name of Carrig Sam, uh, trained by Arthur Moore. Yeah, one that's not had an awful lot of racing as Carrig Sam. Uh, and Arthur Moore, not necessarily a trainer that people will literally just know off the top of their head. Um, 
a winner of a point to point at Kirkistown, um, who then won on debut in, on the 1st of January, uh, beating, uh, Henry de Bonaventure and Glenn Wylin, uh, pretty impressively in the end. He was towards the front, carried on galloping. And I, I was quite taken with how, uh, he did that that day. And, and he, he went straight in my tracker as soon as he, as soon as he won that race. Um, a big Scorpy, uh, son of Shantu out of Carrig Millie. Um, half brother to Carrig Rock and, uh, a half sister to Strong Flow, who won a Hennessy Gold Cup. Um, so three mile this season over fences, I think could be a decent place to start with him. Um, he then won a handicap hurdle on debut beating 1010, uh, and Honda Swa, who 1010 had been, uh, had run well in, in, in decent races prior to that. Uh, he was second to Brahma Bull in the in the Pat Taft chase at Punchestown, uh, and had been running in in strong staying chases before that. So he beat him fairly impressively. Uh, he went from a mark of one two six to one three four. He went up eight pound for that, uh, and he ran at Fairy House in April. Um, in a in a competitive handicap, Silver Sheen uh, was in there and Festival Decks, and he just made an error um, three out which sort of knocked the stuffing out of him. The race got away from him. He was just coming into the race um, with four to jump, and he, he just made that error three out, and it sort of knocked the stuffing out of him a little bit, and he weakened to fairly tamely in the end to finish sixth um, in, in a competitive handicap hurdle. He was then, we didn't see him again, put away for the season, and I expect uh, a, a novice chase campaign from him, given his size and his scope, uh, and a former point-to-point winner. I, I feel this season he could go a little bit under the radar for a stable that aren't renowned for having that many superstars in recent years. And I think he could be... I think he could be... If there's any betting for the National Hunt Chase, I think he could be... A, I've used the word shrewd a lot, but I think he could be interesting in strong staying races such as that and I think he's just an out and out galloper who will plod and plod and plod and I think that could seem to the best effect let's see if he's in any betting for the National Chase he's 25 to 1 for the National Chase which at the end of towards the end of the season I wouldn't be surprised if that was his target Cheltenham wise uh, if he ends up going to Cheltenham of course we've only ever seen him for three starts so there's a, there's a lot lot more progression to come uh, and a mark of 134 over hurdles I think he, he will only uh, get better over fences and I'm really looking forward to seeing him out next if I'm being honest I like it mate I really like it we'll, we'll have an anti-post Jane Seymour Novices Hurdle and National Hunt Chase Double the old classic <laughs> and that's what they're the races that everyone wants to win <laughs> can, we, can we book Derek O'Connor or Jamie Codd now is that possible? Yeah, I mean, you know, look at seeing Sir Mark Prescott yesterday win the arc, you know, how how clearly happy he was. But in my head, the only thing I was thinking is, well, you've not won a grade two mare's novice hurdle, have you? <laughs> that's what, that's the races that everyone wants to win. But on, on a more serious topic, to be fair, Jim, even if he doesn't end up being, I guess, national, quite national hunt chase calibre, given that the horse is towards the top of the betting at this stage, you know, Guy Domini placing an Irish national grade one novice hurdler 
etc. You know, set a a very very high standard and a standard that could probably win Grade Ones as the season goes on. Anyway, there are so many races that a horse with with carried some sort of profile, if they end up being, you know, one forty ish, can win throughout the season in Ireland. Yeah, there's some like staying handicap chases in Ireland that novices can run well in, and I wouldn't be surprised if. He could possibly turn into an Irish national, English national star horse. Do you think? Yeah, I could easily see that. I'd, I'd, I'd assume Irish national this season. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I guess, you know, all, look, he's only had three starts in his life. You know, it would be a, a bit of a bold shout to go and win the English Grand National. <laughs> we uh, saw a novice win it this year. We did. We did. And we've also seen... Uh, Arthur Moore win, win the Irish National with a, a lightly enough raced horse as well just over a decade ago or so in organised confusion. Mm-hmm. So, I like it, Jim. It's, it, he's a different type of profile uh, to the other novice chases we've already mentioned. But he's a very interesting horse for the season and I like that we've kind of got a a classic trainer like Arthur Moore involved mm-hmm. as well this year. We, we seem to have picked out that the, the novice chases we picked so far seem to be three mile novice chases. <laughs> Do you not think? Well, yeah, because just there's no point talking about any other two mile novice chases because John Bond's just going to absolutely dominate. <laughs> no one wants to win the 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 Arkle or the Grand Angel. No, no, but, and, but I, everyone I, wants to win the Jane Seymour novices hurdle. <laughs> no, no, Christ, mate. Uh, but no, do you know, I, I don't mind that we don't really have anything like that in yet because I guess they're they're the class acts, and I think I think for for this sort of list, you're kind of wanting slightly more under the radar types mm-hmm. uh, who who won't be uh, getting talked about in Cheltenham Festival previews, but horses we think can are well handicapped and can pay the way well this season. Uh, what I'm going to talk about is a horse most. Uh, most of you will probably already know if you listen to this podcast. Placed uh, at the Cheltenham Festival last season, but a horse who had a fine year and one who I'm I'm just really really keen to keep on my side in good uh, handicap chases this season retains his novice status. It's Jericho Rock. Uh, placed all five starts over fences last season, including you know the Ultima where he's chased home. Uh, Corrick Rambler in the classic chase where he obviously chased home the ill-fated uh, Eclair Surf but how how strong did that form line look through the exploits of Wing My Wings and prior to that as well chase home the, uh, St Palais in the Mandarin he's already just developed such a solid and likeable and reliable profile step forward uh, every single run last season I guess the fact that he he's still a novice means you know the pipe team can be flexible with what route they want to take with him. He doesn't just have to stick to to handicaps, and it would be of no shock to me if you know one of one of the bad grade twos went Jericho's Rock way, uh, Jericho's Rock Jericho Rock's way. This year he's not owned by Chris Jericho. Uh, <laughs> Break down the walls. <laughs> But he's he, he starts the season rated rated one three nine. Improved, you know, fifteen pounds last year. 
I, I would not be shocked at all if he was rated close to another £15. I think he could easily be a one mid-150s animal. You know, and wherever he turns up first time this year, I'll be with him. I'll probably be with him if he's if he's in a if he's on a reasonable enough mark for wherever he turns up in the second half of the season. I really like this horse. I can see him going well. You know, he's every inch of Grand National type. Uh, but even in the shorter term, you're looking at a Ladbrokes Trophy for him. You're looking at you know. If if he has another crack at the Ultima, I can't imagine he'd be he'd be a bigger he'd be a big price for that. Uh, should he turn up on the day, even on the basis of last year's form, if he runs poorly again this year, you know, you still get people making half chances for him, given given his progression this season. Uh, look, it's still only six years old. I think he'll stay four miles at least. So, like you said, Jim. You know, national chase, even if they want to go down that route, although I assume it'll be handicap uh, handicap priority for him. Uh, but yeah, ju- just the horse I've 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 grown to have so much time for last year, and I expect there to be even more to come from him. And he's not going to be a hard horse to place because I think he's very well handicapped and can also take in bad graded races. Yeah, in my head, I've got Welsh national. Um, possibly a Peter Marsh or something in there I wouldn't be surprised win a novice early season maybe even two get a bit more jumping experience into him he's, I think his jumping lets him down a little bit sometimes um, just a little bit guessy uh, this season I'd like to see it a little bit more crisper um, like I said both both a horse that we we like a lot and like Lewis has said a, a national will probably be his uh, target later on David Pipe and and the Tisdale family, uh, you, you've seen what they have with Verley on Rouge and 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 strong staying chases that that mop up them Haydock three mile two staying races on heavy ground and I think he'll be he'll he's almost the ideal candidate to replace him. Verley on Rouge is a very very good comparison there to be fair mate because he was similar enough in that he took in took in quite a few good races. Before uh, I get his head in from. Well, as a novice as well. Yeah. You know, they, they, they ran Verley on Rouge in the Grand National as a novice. You know, and then it was kind of his second season when he won the Beecher and he won the National Trial and really came, came into his own. And yeah, that, that that's a very fair comparison because I think Jericho Rock is, is, a, is a horse of, of a similar profile. And if, as much as I love Verley on Rouge, who couldn't? Uh, it wouldn't shock me if I, if Jericho Rock ended up achieving more. Because yeah. Verley on Rouge can, kind of ended up being half a specialist and he he wasn't really able to compete in, in your top-end handicaps like your Hennessy's. Uh, or your Ultimas, I guess, your more, your more regular handicaps. You know, Verley on Rouge wanted a beach to chase or he wanted a bog round Haydock. Because yeah. I think Jericho Rock is actually... A little bit more classier than him. Yeah, very much so. I, I I could see him competing well in those sort of races, but like you've said, I could also see him going well in Ladbrokes trophies. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, I agree, and it's just up that it, he'll probably be running in the same colours this year as as Verley on him. Yeah, no, I love that, mate. I love that, and uh, yeah, he's he's horse oh, I've got so much time for. Love love animals like him, and he's kind of the uh, the number one 
of the of that genre for me this year. So it's Jericho Rock uh, for David Pipe, one I'm very very keen on. Another horse we we expect to go over fences. Is an is another horse who uh, is a horse who was a novice hurdler last season for Paul Nichols. Uh, Outlaw Peter won a bumper at Worcester early last year. So getting off the mark at Kempton over hurdles in May on his fourth attempt. But some of his place form in bumpers uh, is eye catching, and Jimmy just kind of comes across as a sort of horse to to make a mockery of his opening mark of of 118. Uh, now he's kind of got the hang of things. He did have a wind up before he went and won at Kempton. And, yeah, he, he just looks sneaky to me. Not, but, well, maybe not even sneaky, because I assume he'll he'll probably go off favourite next time he runs. <laughs> yeah, it'll be odds on first time out. All the over fences are up. Like, I still think there's a little bit of wiggle room to be having him over hurdles for for possibly a little bit longer. Oh, very much so, mate. What, look, the, the, I think the key to me with Outlaw Peter is that he's surely going to be better than a 118 horse, no matter yeah. what they do with him. It has to be. And, and you go back to his bumper phone, like you said, he was second to three-strike life uh, when with Shark Hanlon. Um, that fourth in that competitive novice hurdle, um, asked me early, Grange Road and Picano were all solid horses last season. Um like you said, he finally got his head in front of Kempton, uh, winning comfortably, uh, owned by some pretty famous people in the ra- racing world. I'm sure they'll be thinking a lot more of him this season. Uh, whether they stick to hurdles or chases, I, I do not know with him at the minute. Uh, but like Lewis said, a-, a horse with a lot of potential. Um, I think he is entered at Chepstow this week, if if you just hold on. Um I, he's in the Persian War. Is he in the Persian War? I wouldn't be surprised if, like like you said, they ran give him one spin over one more spin over hurdles, uh, and then and then stuck him over a fence, depending on the outcome of the Persian War on uh, on Friday. Yeah, I I, I, could, I could easily see that happening. I'd I'd probably uh, suggest that the Persian War would be biting off more than he could chew at this stage, given on what he did last season. However, going into, you know, your Class 4 handicaps off, off 118, he's so unexposed and he, he certainly uh, has more up his sleeve from the handicapper from 118. Type to make a chaser, uh, but there's fun to be had with him over hurdles uh, for the time being, if they still want to. So that's Outlaw Peter. Uh, for the Stewart family, Jed Mason, Judy Dench and Alex Ferguson. Another one we're keen uh, to have on the list is, well, I guess I'm keen to have on the list mainly, and is is probably one of the horses I feel strongest about this year, is Call of the Wild uh, in the J.P. McManus colours. Uh, Trained by Alan King. Obviously a novice hurdler last year, and they expect him to stay over hurdles this season, and I just think he has all the attributes needed to make up into a top-end two-mile handicap hurdler. Uh, you sort of horses who I want to be winning, you know, maybe not great ones because it comes a, a bit early in the season, but it'd certainly uh, be of interest to me had he gone there. But from a campaigning point of view, the Jerry Fielden, you know what I mean? Uh 
I guess I've got to call it a Ladbrook, even though I don't know what it's called now. Is it the Betfair Exchange Trophy or something like that at Ascot? You know, good top-end two-mile handicap hurdles, possibly in the second half of the season. Uh, he will start the uh, rated rated 130, which I guess would probably get him into most great woods nowadays. I'm just half what he'd lack, maybe lack for a little bit of know-how, given he's uh, only been racing in, in, novice, in novice hurdles and a bumper and, and hasn't really come up at against any sort of hurly-burly yet but Jim I'm, I'm so keen on this horse uh, I say won a, won a Huntington bumper last May and then won twice over hurdles chased home one more for the road on his hurdling debut at Stratford got to within half a length of him one for the road himself went and won the Jerry Fielding last year Call of the Wild got to within half a length of him on hurdles debut didn't really need to improve to win at odds of freeze on at Kempton. And then really, really impressed when following up at Doncaster. Only a four-runner race there, but he he fairly whomped Boomborn. Just travelled all over him. And we know Boomborn isn't a mug. Fairly, I guess, a fairly, fairly decent horse of uh, the skeletons. You know, he, he himself probably... He's going to be a better chaser this year, boom, born. Call of the Wild, I don't think that sort of horse. Uh, they then stepped him up in trip to two and a half miles at the Cheltenham Aintree meeting. Again, a good competitive race. Pulligan Green won that, who, again, he's another horse who, he's, he, he's probably going to have a good year this year. I know he's entered uh, over fences at Chepstow at the weekend. Call of the Wild just, just travelled so well that day, and I just don't think he saw the trip out. And, that to me kind of kind of was a race that made me think, yeah, th- this is a travelly two miler. This is Milkwood esque. <laughs> and we, we now got County Hurdle fancy in the JP colours. Uh, if he was trained in Ireland, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think any of us know the name of the County Hurdle winner at the minute. It's prob- probably running around Dieppe somewhere uh, before Willie buys him. But I'm I'm thinking good top end. British two-mile hurdles where we'll get a pace to aim at, you know, maybe even a bet there, mate. But 130 as an opening handicap mark to me has sirens on it as being uh, kind when this horse gets a situation he wants. And what we've seen from him so far suggests, you know, well, doesn't even suggest has shown a good amount of ability. But I think it suggested that a big, uh, a strong pace, a big field might even give him even more. Because what I do like about him is that he's a travelly thing, you know, mm. uh, a proper travelly speed thing, and he excites me. To be fair, for for a horse who maybe might might be a, a little bit more exposed than than others on this list, given you know he's he's been beaten beaten in good company before but I expect him to surpass that wouldn't surprise me if it was the best horse to come out of that Cheltenham, Cheltenham race over two and a half miles uh, yeah very very keen on, on Call of the Wild mate yeah interesting uh, Alan King chain the half brother Chattez um, and he obviously knows the family fairly well and uh, I know that you're, you're very strong on him you've been banging his drum as soon as we were talking about mentioning the, the preview pod so uh, hopefully he's out soon and like you said I think two miles 
a well-run two-mile handicap will be bang up his street. Yeah, Chatez, that's a that's a real throwback, that Jim. But he was a he was a miler, wasn't he? He was more yeah. of a flat horse than a hurdler for Alan King. Yeah, well, did he run in the smart place? Colours off the top of my head. Yes, and he won the consolation race for the Lincoln one year. Did he? That was at Donny, yes, he did. I want to say he, he was there and thereabouts in a Cambridge, but I could be very wrong. Yeah, he, he ran in those sort of races, so it is, a, it is, it is that, that sort of pedigree, mate. Uh, yeah, a lot of the family, like Master Red was a bumper winner, a two-mile hurdle winner. Uh, his half-sister, My Inheritance, uh, was a bumper winner. Um, they were all... They're all, they're all sort of speedy two miles, which was interesting to, to think that they stepped him up in trip last time at Cheltenham. Um, a return to two mile well ran, I think, like you've said, it'll be bang up your street. Yeah, no. Fully, fully agree with that, mate. Uh, the, the horse he beat at Kempton, even though it was only a free winner race, was Petrosian as well of, of Nicky Henderson's, who I guess had half a reputation for winning to last season after... Uh, looking at a good horse in his bumper days probably hasn't quite happened for him yet, but it wouldn't wouldn't shock me if he ended up being uh, being productive this campaign as well. But yeah, I, I I really like Call of the Wild, and he's he's one I'm I'm possibly strongest on this year. Uh, if in terms of handicap hurdlers, uh, on to handicap chasers now, Jim. Just just one for the, each of us, and you're starting out with Torn and Frayed. Yeah, a horse that quite a few people will be uh, will know about, uh, having won the Paddy Power uh, in January at Cheltenham, pretty impressively beating Galahad Quest, Spirit of the Games, the sort of horses that we saw campaigning and running in every two mile four chase uh, at Cheltenham last year. Um, he led from the front. His jumping got better as the race got on. He kept on strongly to win to win nicely off a mark of one three one. He's up to a mark of one three nine. We didn't see him again after that would be which would be a slight worry. Uh he had the five chase starts last season. He kicked off uh at Cheltenham, finishing third behind Daniel Invictus and Danny Kerwin and, and what at the time I thought was a competitive uh handicap novice chase. He then bumped into Favois who he'd uh, be beat at Cheltenham but reverse placings. Uh, he bumped into my Jogo at Cheltenham in December and we know how good my Jogo is and could possibly be going into this season. I put a line through that, that two mile six Haydock, uh, handicap novice. The ground was absolutely bottomless and he was never in love with it. Uh, even though I do think he likes a little bit of dig underfoot, but Haydock, Haydock's off different gravy. Um, I think this horse could turn into a little bit of a Ryanair horse. And I know that the Ryanair division uh, is dominated at the minute uh, by Aloho. However, I feel like Nigel Tristan Davis did it with Imperial Commander, uh, progressed from handicaps into to winning Ryanairs. And I think that he could go along the same, same lines as him. Um, maybe that's a little bit, uh, bold at the minute. He's 14 to 1 best price to win the Paddy Power uh, at the Cheltenham meeting in November and I think he won't be too far away in that if tuned up and ready to go. Uh, I don't know what price he is for something later on in the season such as right now but I'm expecting him to turn into a graded chaser um, as the season goes on and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him back uh, after a, a pretty impressive victory last season in one of them Cheltenham two mile four novice chases and hopefully can 
Nigel Tristan Davis can have another graded star in his hands. Love it, mate. Really, really love that. Because he is a horse, like you said, that most people will be familiar with. And he's, he's a little bit less... I guess he, he's not really a dark horse, but picking, I guess, an, an eight-year-old handicap chaser who everyone knows about one as one to make significant inroads this season, and I can completely see the case. Would I guess, first part of call, would you be looking at the Paddy Power? Yeah, or Paddy Power and see where you go from there. Like Paddy Power, I think, he's got course form around there. He's jumped around Cheltenham a fair few times. I, I think that um, I think that would be the logical next step. Where he'd go after that, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but that would sort of gauge on where he's going to be at this season. And, it, and even if he isn't quite up to graded standard, I still think there could be handicaps to be won with him as well. I like that, mate. I like that. And my handicap chase to follow is, again, far from a dark horse one that if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably well aware of, given the fact that he went off 6-1 to one for a grade one last season. Uh it's another Paul Nichols horse in the shape of Il Ridotto. Uh, look, it took everyone's eye out when he bolted up at Newbury uh, in November on only his second British start. That was from a mark of 1-3-1. Fairly well danced up. Winless since, and some people, I guess, could say underwhelming. You know, you... you... But I think he's become forgotten about very, very quickly. You know, I, I put him up at Cheltenham when he finished 8th in the Grand Annual. So much better than the result that day. If you go and watch that Grand Annual and just focus on Hilary Dotto, he, he looks, <laughs> I think, the winner the winner for a, a fair, fair, fair way. And then stamina sapping heavy ground on that ridiculous Cheltenham uh, Wednesday uh, does in for him and he just tires, tires late. But he was given such a, a quiet ride by Cobden and it was creepy, stalk, and towards the top of the hill, I'm there thinking, oh, he's going to come and win this, but the gradual progress he'd made, he just didn't have enough left after it, but I thought that was a really, really decent effort in the circumstances, so eye-catching. I thought he uh, ran fairly well after that, when he was third in the grade two air five lengths off Do Your Job, that was over two and a half miles. Currently, mate, I still prefer him as a two-miler. But the fact is he's a five-year-old second-season chaser with Paul Nichols, and they tend to improve. Frodon, Clandes Obo, Hitman. I'm looking at those that sort of route. Grenatine. Sorry? I think he's a little bit of a Grenatine. Grenatine. Exactly yeah. that, mate. You know, I, I think Grenatine was a bit older, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. But... It's it's that sort of profile, you know. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we don't. I think he's as good as Frodon or Clanis mm. or or he's going to be. But that sort of early season campaign in Holden Gold Cups, you know, if they want to go back up in trip with him, the Paddy Power, you know, good handicaps over two miles is the one at Ascot in a on Charlie Hall day. Uh, that that. Uh, Paul Nichols can do all right in, and obviously these the similar corresponding races uh, at Ascot throughout the year that he can run in if Paul wants to try and beat Diego de Charmille with one of his own horses. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so, he's a horse who I think is almost guaranteed to improve. He's currently rated 140. He ran at Cheltenham off 143. I think that's lenient because I think, you know, it's a lot to say, but put that group of horses together, again, on quicker ground and run the exact same 16 runner field, I would absolutely guarantee you Willie Doctor would be in the free, if not the winner. I'm convinced that I think he's a really leniently treated horse as it is, and I expect him to significantly step forward in his second season over fences because that's what happens when Paul Nichols sends four year olds chasing. Yeah, that's so, fair. Uh, yeah, of serious, serious interest wherever he turns up for me, this lad. And he's a little bit harder to pinpoint because I think there's a lot they can do with him. Uh, but you'd obviously trust Paul Nichols to get things right. I told you, Jim Jed Mason's my boy. And, uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have fun with Willie Dotto this season. Yeah, I certainly agree. I, I think we'll see him to best effect. I think his season was rushed a little bit after that devastating victory at, at Newbury, and I think given a bit more time this season, a year older, a little bit more experienced, I think we'll see him to better effect. Yeah, no, I like that, mate. Before we quickly recap the top twelve, uh, there are a couple of honourable mentions you'd like to you'd like to shout out. Yeah, I think uh, Highland Charge was very close to be on the on the list for for Normie, the Jiggins Town, uh, uh, a brother to do your job, who we saw relish offence last season, uh, including winning a Grade Two off the top of my head. Uh, but Highland Charge was second to Sir Gerhard over hurdles. He won a nice uh, maiden hurdle, beating Micromanage. And he battled hard uh, in a grade three at Nace, beating Vina, Ardanza uh, and Slip of the Tongue. I think a step up in trip this season uh, over a fence, which I, I'm sure is what he wants. I think we'll see a little bit more progression out of Highland Charge. Uh, I'm going to mention one more Tizard horse in wider galley. I think it progressed nicely in Novice Hurdles last season. Uh, certainly gives me the impression that he wants a fence. Uh, but we'll see what will happen with him. And though the horse is, I don't know what's going on with him or where he is or anything, but the real whacker, uh, trained by Anne Duffield, we saw finish second in the River Don behind Marla Mission, not really knowing what it, what his, his job was. Uh, he had prior to that one a, a Carlisle, um, a Carlisle maiden hurdle, which uh, it was called the the Fantails Restaurant. Come dine with me, Maiden Hurdle, um, which you don't necessarily see, see Carlisle Maidens throwing up nice horses. Uh, however, the real whacker showed that there's a little bit more to come. I know that was a pretty whack with River Don, um, but I think there's a little bit more improvement to come out of him. I don't know what the plan is for him. He was due to running the Albert Bartlett at Cheltenham, but missed it. Um, I don't know why, and I'd be intrigued to see where he goes this season and what he's doing, and I'm looking forward to seeing him out next. I like that, mate. Uh, a couple more I'll just give brief mentions to. Uh, last Royal, Honeysuckle's full uh, brother, I think remains on a fair mark going into this season. He's not really had a proper goal in a handicap yet, to be fair. They ran him at, at Cheltenham. Uh, towards the back end of last season, over a over a trip, he didn't really convince me over three miles and and fell late when tired, but dropped back in trip. Uh, 
he's a sort of horse off a mark in the low 120s. I think I'd want to keep on side early doors. Uh, I like uh, for staying of his chases in this country as well, Ala Philippe and my old mate Bally Griffin Cottage as well. I think we're both likely to have productive seasons. Uh, one that we both mentioned a while ago, we had a chat about him. Uh, maybe a month or so ago as well, but I'd, I'd definitely give Rioja another chance going into handicap hurdles this season as well. He's a similar enough profile to last Royal in that kind of flopped on his on his handicap debut, but what we saw in in novice and maiden companies suggested that he's definitely going to be better than that, and he's worth persevering with from that sort of mark. So the turf top twelve for. 2022-23 is Classic Anthem, Imperial Merlin, Fairy Gem, Serious Chargers, Could Talk About It, Dubrovnik Harry, Carrig Sam, Jericho Rock, Outlaw Peter, Call of the Wild, Torn and Frayed, and Il Ridotto. Uh, Jim, before we wrap that up, let's annoy all the moaning people on Twitter and talk about the Cheltenham Festival in October or I guess the divisions and the races of course on the lead up to Cheltenham uh, mainly just focus on the on the four championship races I guess look champion hurdle pretty much a match race everyone sees that as Honeysuckle versus Constitution Hill at this stage mate I'm in the Constitution Hill camp yep same here I'm going to keep it nice short and sweet because no one really wants to hear us bang on about it now Constitution Hill beats Honeysuckle give the Bono State Man a chance no <laughs> simple like as that it, mate. I like it mate champion chase at this stage Energa Men the 5-2 favourite over Shishkin who's 9-2 Fernie Hollows 8-1 Gentleman Demay's 14-1 uh, as much as I like him Energa Men there Jim at the prices he wouldn't be the one I'd back you'd have to for me, you'd have to back Shishkin at, at two points bigger to turn him over. You know, given given if you accept that what happened to Shishkin last year was too bad to be true, and that's what it proved that he'd have to be, you know, <laughs> the one at, at a bigger price. As if an argument's beating him on on pure merit when that I don't think clearly was the case. As much as I love an argument, and he you know could easily go and smash Shishkin. Uh, just reading into that champion chase form to me is, is daft Correct, it's still 1-1 between the two of them, I think Shishkin could reverse the form this season uh, hopefully everything's gone back to fighting best now and like you said at the prices you'd, you'd have to edge towards Shishkin who was pretty ridiculous until Cheltenham um, so I never really put a foot wrong um, Fernie Hollow chucked into the champion chase mix um, would be interesting he shouldn't be that price, no. But it'd be interesting to see the progression that he makes this year in the two-mile division. Gentleman Demay, to me, is the one who actually stands out as, as being make a decent each-way betting appeal at 14-1, to one, to be fair. Because yeah. I like Edward Stone, and I don't think... You know, Edward Stone wasn't at his best when he uh, was battered by Gentleman Demay at Aintree, but he's a horse with, you know, so unexposed and tons of upside. Again, he's a better price than... Than Fernie Hollow for me. Yeah, but, but this is a division where the novices coming into it, I think, will rank higher than than the champion hurdle. 
Ryanair Trace, Jimmy Fallahold turns up and they don't go for the Gold Cup. And if I if I was them, why would I go for the Gold Cup when I have the the reigning champion? Uh, he just batters them again. And for me, he's the hardest horse to beat in training. <laughs> Until Tom and Fred comes along. Um, <laughs> yeah. When has uh, Ryan? When has the Ryanair been the 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 pinnacle of of the third day of the Children Festival? Yeah, I don't like that. It's been a while. I think the first year, me and If you only we had a fifth day to put the Ryanair on. <laughs> oh. Oh. Someone needs to think of that. Come on. No, yeah, you're right, Jim. You're, you're solve racing. <laughs> I'm sure that would go down a treat. No, I like it, Jim. Uh, Alaho can win a free-runner Ryanair as a feature race on Cheltenham Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with the GNC Seymour, obviously, then. Yeah, and no one will care because everyone will be pissed. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I look. I, anyone who listens to this podcast will know that, or has listened to it regularly over the years, will know that two or three years ago I didn't rate Alaho one bit. <laughs> uh, I called him tripless. I said he was too slow to do anything over two and a half miles. And, and slightly ungenuine. Sorry. I think you. I think you said he was slightly ungenuine. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't convinced by his attitude. I said he wanted a Ryanair for the Ryanair in that his best trip was about two miles seven, two miles six and three quarters. The, the race that that saw Alaho to best effect didn't exist in real life. Uh, turns out I, I was badly, badly wrong. I now I love, love, love watching him because he just destroys people. Uh, through sheer sheer brute force, if you're trying to stay to stay in his gallop, you're broken with a furlong to go. And if if you give him rope, he ain't coming back to you. Uh, I wouldn't tinker with it. I'd like to see him in a gold cup, but I think he'd get beat because I don't think he stays three miles well. Yeah, I I I still got that RSA flashback. Yeah, waddling up the home straight. Uh, but hopefully he'll win three Ryanairs and uh, look, he's seven to four to win a race more than six months away. That tells you everything you need to know about the quality of that animal. The Stayers Hurdle, you can only have a bit more fun with this because, you know, it's a, it can be a right nonsense race sometimes. Uh, Florin Porter seeking the, the hat trick. Currently heads a betting as a five to one five. State man. Surely, Willie, that's Willie giving up if he runs state man here, surely. <laughs> he won't turn up. Buzz, you know, who almost died last year, can't be a, you know, great to see him back and fit, but surely you can't b- back a horse who literally almost died at 12 to 1 to win a championship race after not seeing his well being. Uh, then you're looking at the classical dream, Epitome, the nice guy. And a load of uh, ragtag characters such as Hoyson Yacht and Bob Ollinger, who I guess are assuming they may need a plan B for. Uh, this is the sort of race that, if if you did want to have a, a bigger swing, this would be the one where I'd do it. One who may interest me at a little bit of a bigger price because he's a horse. Well, I say it, I, even looking down the list, right, and the horses who I think are. Yeah, I don't mind him. He's a price. And I look at them, I think, well, I could I just see them over fences this year, which is a shame. I'm looking at the likes of your Manila Crooner and your Kakuna, who are both horses I'm 
I'm big fans of, especially the Kakuna. Uh, I don't, I just don't, don't really see where the competition's going to come from. It's going to be, it's going to be, end up being one of the, one of them years where I'm uh, going to have to end up back in uh, one of the handicappers again. What's that horse who used to just love Cheltenham and would run in the stairs hurdle? And I backed him at 80 to 1 about three years ago. <coughs> Honest Vic? He always seems to run in. Honest Vic for the stairs hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just about to say the stairs hurdle is basically whatever horse has failed at chasing will be running in it. And well, that's why Bob Owens was in the betting. I'm going to be a bit harsh here, but there's a lot of hype around Hillcrest, and he's a horse I like a lot, right? But if he ran in this, I wouldn't be surprised. If you didn't respect it, fences. And I could be a little bit of a lunatic. Screen record, clip this as much as you would like. Hillcrest could be a horse who's a failed chaser, who's just thrown in here for the hope of it. And we're on well. Oh, but he absolutely hated Cheltenham last year, didn't he? Well, he, he won that He won that on Cheltenham, was it? Not Cheltenham Trials, was it? No. Uh, New Year's Day was it not? He won on New Year's Day. Oh, so he, yeah. I don't think he's got hatred for Cheltenham. Mm. I just think it was too bad to be true. In a race that a horse with possibly a little bit more class like his, he didn't enjoy in the Albert Bartlett, which means he won't enjoy the stairs hurdle because that's not exactly the classiest of renewals, is it? No. To be fair, that's the horse I was thinking of. To be fair, the Deborah Hamer trained horse. Yes. In my head, I had Nicky Martin. That might have been Sykes. Who I also liked and might have, I think, ran in the stairs. Sykes surely should, yeah. Can we get him back? He he could run well for a place. <laughs> Bring back Sykes <laughs> on a Cheltenham 2023 preview. Uh, unbelievable stuff. Uh, yeah, I I actually love the stairs hurdle from an anti post punting point of view because it's just such a, a funny race. Uh, Barely anything he's going to actually win. Like, Monk, she's 20 to 1. You know, you are just looking at horses who may not turn up. Blazing Carl is very unexposed, but probably needs to step forward. He's 20s. Zana here, I can see one in here. God, is it going to be another season of Zana here? (laughs) So, so unenthusiastic. Uh, And Ashdale Bob, who I I backed in the Coral Cup last year, and and for a long, long, long way I was counting my money. Uh, he's 20s as well, and I could see him kind of being the sort of horse people people end up putting up each way. Hard hard to get enthusiastic about about it at this stage, though, Jim. Yeah. Whatever wins that Betfair fixed brush will be there or thereabouts. <laughs> Top class analysis, pal. I would say it's hard to get enthusiastic about the stage hurdle at this stage. I think a lot of people would say it's hard to get enthusiastic about it in the middle of March. <laughs> Uh, Gold Cup, pal. Uh, my my bollocks on the line straight away. Uh, I really think Apple Tar will do it again. Right, we've got a match. Our first of the season. GDC wants him. Wants him. Wants him. That's a word I've never used before. I, I think Gallop under Champ. Touchwood this season will be. Inch perfect in everything he runs in, and I'm I'm really looking forward to him. He's a horse I've I've underestimated for a long time, but now Bob Ollinger beat him last year, and he's a dog. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> We've been waffling for an awful long time now, so I, I think I should uh, wrap it a, a little bit more up. Uh, Hewick is not going to win a Gold Cup. I'm sorry, Shark. He's he's just not going to. I'm sorry. Uh, I had a little rant to Lewis the other day about that. Um, I think Lahon Press. I, I was impressed with what he did last season. <laughs> um, he relished fences and, and a little bit more progression. I think he could be a slight one that's a little bit overpriced. And I know it's not original at Gallop and Deschamps, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him trying top grade three mile chases this season. And uh, I think... Um, is it going to be another season of getting Aplu Tarby? And I'm not, hopefully not going to have egg on my face this year. No, look, I'm, I, I am scared of Gallop and Deschamps, obviously, all in jest and Bob Holland's a comment, but I just think Aplu Tarby is, is as complete a staying chaser as we've seen, probably since Carto Star. Probably has that. Uh, that sort of similar similar arsenal to Carter in the fact that he sees the Gold Cup trip out so 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 well, but has a the turn of foot of a horse who who could you know compete well, does compete well over two miles, has competed well over two miles. I think he's the closest thing to him that we've seen, and as as good as good as Galapan Deschamp is, and could well continue to be. I just don't... I, I think it's disrespectful to not have the reigning champion as favourite, given how impressively he won that race last year. You know, kind of two outright. The Gold Cup last year, there is a good number of them almost in a line. And the speed with which Aplutar settles the race and clears away is unbelievable. He won it 15 length last year. And it was still about a seven-horse race. Because it was a sprint. Turned into a sprint last year, and uh, I'm I'm not overly sold on it. Uh, I I think I am. I think I am, and I think he was... The more I watched the race where he was beaten by Galvin, the more I think he he was unlucky and looked like the best horse in that race as well. He should have landed the hat-trick last year, and in... And it's nine times out of ten he would have done. But to me, he's head and shoulders uh, the best senior staying chaser around. As a, and as much as I like and respect Galapande Champ, I just... He's the one who needs to come up to Aplutar's standard, not the other way around. Because you do forget, uh, as, as much as, as impressive as he's been, you know... Given what what's happened to Bob Ollinger since, right? Who's the best horse he's been beating? The the two Grade Ones he won, he's beaten Master McShee twice. Mm. You know, uh, and that that that's no, you know, obviously it's it's in such such style, but you know, I I think the market has it. The wrong way round. I know there's only half a point between them, but I think Abdul should be fav. His form is, you know, a stone clear of mass of Galapandi Champs at the minute, and and uh, the challenger needs to reach the level of the champion, to me. Uh, 
quick word on the Hoyson Yorgim. Absolutely love him. And to me, no shock as well if he if he wins a grade one this season. Just as naturally gifted a horse as there is in the UK. Possibly the most naturally gifted horse in the UK. Uh, and hopefully he has a bigger brain this time around. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think he'll be winning. He'll be there or thereabouts. He might just be found out for a little bit of quality. Um, I think stamina is one of his assets and that needs to be used. And if his jumping sharpens up this season and his brain appears, I, th- I agree. I think he'll be, he won't be too far away. Uh, brief novice hurdler one. Everyone loves for Seal Vega. Uh, best bumper horse by a mile last season and everyone wants him uh, to be the, the top novice hurdler this season. There's no Apart reason why he can't do that, though. You are a big James's Gate fan. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I, my worry with Fasar Vega, he's only little. Um, he might not necessarily relish hurdles. We don't necessarily know. And at this time, I won't be taking any early prices to buy him. James is great. I think staying trips will be a lot more up his street. Uh, for novice chasers, I am absolutely, well, I might not say convinced because I think I'm kind of uh, taken, taken the... Jim's lost in translation role with John Bond. <laughs> at, at this stage, it is just blatant propaganda. But he's a right ankle favourite. Adore the horse. And so excited to see what he does over fences this season. I hope it'll be bloody good. I think he's a bit speedier than, than Sir Gerhard, who I'd probably keep to the two-and-a-half-mile race at this stage. Uh, time Hill going over fences would be fun, but I'd I'd, I'd be... I guess I'd expect that to end up being a couple of, of better staying novice chasers. Uh, and one horse I mentioned briefly that, that I really liked, even though he was uh, beaten at Cheltenham and then uh, again at uh, Punchestown by the same horse uh, in the shape of the nice guy. But I really like Manella Kakuna. And I think he's got such a lovely cruising speed for a horse who stays three miles well. That, to me, is the difference between a nice guy and Minella Kakuna. In that, though the nice guy's beat done, uh, done, him, done him over twice at the back end of last season, I think uh, there are more options as to what they can do with Minella Kakuna because I think he, he's equally as good over two and a half miles, whereas I do think the nice guy is a little bit more of an out-and-out three-miler. And I'm excited probably more excited by Minella Kakuna going over fences this season than I am by most horses. Mm-hmm. That's that's fair. Yeah, though I think he's been a bit underrated, to be fair. I don't think he's got the credit he deserves. Proper, proper horse. Uh, anything else you'd like to mention, Jim? I think we've covered near enough everything and hopefully we've given you a nice little teaser to, to what is Chepstow on Friday, which sees the return of my favourite horse and a podcast favourite, looking to bounce back and kickstart his season off in style in Lost running uh, in a veteran's chase. God, I feel old. He's running in veteran chases and hopefully nice quick ground at Chepstow, please. No watering. Uh, Cut that field up and let him dominate from the front and jump him into submission. Oh, we're looking forward to it. Up the veteran's chases. The best the best type of race in the world. Uh, last year, Jim, my turf talk t- 12 was over by the end of Chepstow when I put up Paso Doboy and then he finished 6th of 7th in the Persian War. <laughs> two days later. I can't even uh, remember who, I, who was mine last year. 
Oh, someone... It probably wasn't very good. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> someone... So this year, someone has decided, between the two of us, that we're going to have six each. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're six horses uh, to avoid for the upcoming 12 months uh, apiece. Uh, thanks to Jim for being here, and I'm sure we'll have good fun again this year, pal. Uh, we love the jumping horses. Yeah, nice to have him back, and thank you very much for listening. Um, We'll speak to you next week. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, again for tuning in. Take care. Enjoy Chepstow this weekend uh, and enjoy the season. See you soon. Stay safe.